0: Welcome back to the Courage to Shine podcast with Michelle Colt. Yay, we're back. (laughs) Oh, just as always, I was so excited to record today. Lately, I've been doing my recordings on Fridays, and then my assistant is able to set them up so that they drop on Tuesdays. Oh, I've been taking notes all week in terms of what I wanted to talk about today. So let's go ahead and jump in with a couple of nervous system regulating processes that I have taught in past episodes. So I'm just going to invite everyone, if it's appropriate where you are right now, to go ahead and close your eyes. And just settle in wherever you are. If you're sitting, go ahead and gently give your body weight up and over to whatever it is that you're resting or sitting on as best you can, letting your bellies relax, letting your tongues relax and widen within your mouths. And just taking the next 20 to 25 minutes, however long this ends up going for, time for yourself. This is a period of time during your day or in your evening where it can just be about you. It can just be about you connecting to your knowing and your intuition. Again, just letting your belly relax as best you can. Take a moment to just notice the stillness, silence, and space wherever you are. Even if there's a good amount of noise wherever you are, remember what I always say, there is always more stillness, silence, and space. Because the stillness, silence, and space are the background for all sound. And as we move into this episode, if it's appropriate and you can keep your eyes closed, it might be really fun to take in the information and the new processes that way with your eyes closed you might find it easier to really be in an inner space, your inner space. Again, as I've said several times, when we close our eyes, we go from a beta brainwave pattern into alpha. And alpha is a more relaxed place on every level, and once we're experiencing brain wave patterns around an alpha state or within an alpha state, there's a beautiful, gentle letting go of any tension that's being held in the nervous system. Ah, so here we go. So as I said, I was thinking all week about what I was going to talk about And I really wanted to get into some interesting aspects of the ego mind today. Now, I talked about this in an earlier episode, but I wanted to touch upon it again today. Whenever you hear me talk about the ego and the mind, I always say the ego, the mind. And this is because it is one ego. It is one mind. It appears as though there are a bunch of separate egos and a bunch of separate minds, but in a really groovy quantum physics way, a beautiful way in terms of spirituality, it's all one. And when you begin to really see that for yourself and really get that we are all having the same thoughts. There is a relaxation and there's a letting go that happens in terms of being so critical of yourself and so mean to yourself. The mind, not my mind. It's universal. I've seen this time and time again. I've been doing my work for close to 20 years now. And I've worked with people all over the world at this point. And someone in Australia is having the same thoughts that we are. It doesn't matter if they're 15, 25, 45, or 80. We may language the thoughts a little bit differently, but we are all having the same thoughts. And from a very interesting survival perspective... The mind tends to search for things to worry about. Now, it's actually coming from a place of survival, and it's coming from a place of, okay, if I can figure out something awful that's going to happen, I can somehow do something about it. Some of us have dealt with catastrophic thinking, and that's a real humdinger. Uh, It's something I dealt with quite a bit as a younger person, and it's scary when those catastrophic thoughts come up. But if you can look at it from the perspective of, oh, interesting, the mind slash ego is wanting to help protect me. It's wanting to help me come up with a plan in case that worst case scenario happens. We begin to have more of a sense of humor, hopefully, about it, and more of a sense of curiosity and self-compassion towards ourselves when the mind-ego is going into that. Now, another thing that I wanted to share today is that your thoughts and your emotions are spontaneously happening, just like your heart is beating Your bellies are digesting your food. So to feel really crappy about yourself because you tend to have negative thoughts or intense, uncomfortable emotions come up is not helpful. So much of this comes from early childhood shenanigans that went on, trauma, and that kind of thing. Having the ability to understand this is huge. Now, you do have the ability once a crappy thought has come in or an uncomfortable emotion has flooded you to do a process so that you don't take delivery of it. You don't buy into it. You don't, another way to say it, is believe it. Another fun thing I like to say is that the mind is like this search engine, and it's constantly looking for something negative, as I just said. And when we are not feeling good about ourselves, we cannot trust the way we are seeing ourselves and the way we are seeing the world. When we're feeling insecure and the mind becomes very critical of ourselves and everyone else, for many of this, this morphs into the mind getting very mean and nasty. And sometimes this happens in terms of the thoughts we're having about ourselves. It can talk about our appearance, our careers, anything. As I said a couple moments ago, curiosity and self-compassion are your best friends. I was talking to one of my beautiful clients this week in a session, and they shared with me that oftentimes after they teach a class, they're a teacher, their mind begins to ruminate in all of the things that happened during the class that they felt were Not good in terms of what they said or what they did. Now, how annoying? How annoying is that when the mind does that? Again, it's coming from a place of survival. So what's a good process for this? It's great to understand what I'm talking about, but having a process is what's most important when that's happening. So this next process I'm going to share, I'm going to share it with certain words and language. If you love it and it resonates for you, groovy. If one of the words doesn't work for you, change it to something that you really feel is truthful for you or resonates with you. So here we go. Now, of course, it would be helpful to let your belly relax. And let your tongue relax and widen inside your mouth before you do this. Here we go. The mind has some negative thought about you. Here's what you can do. Oh, oh. there goes the mind perpetuating itself. You can be so convincing. I know in an interesting way you're trying to protect me. But you know what? I'm not going to take delivery of this thought. Wow. (laughs) That's the process. I'll repeat it again. Oh, There goes the mind perpetuating itself, and you can be so convincing. I know in an interesting way you're trying to protect me, but I'm not going to take delivery of this. And then again, doing a nervous system regulation process after that would be groovy and helpful. You could let your belly relax, you could notice what the temperature of the air feels like against your skin, and or you could tune in to the stillness, silence, and space auditorily. If you tend to be a very visual person, it could be lovely for you to look around wherever you are and to just notice all of the space and see the space as a connector. Because from a quantum physics aspect, the space is connecting everything. So last episode, I was talking a lot about emotion and feeling. I got a lot of great feedback about that episode. And there were a couple of things I was thinking about this week that I wanted to add to what I was speaking about last week. So neuroses is a fascinating thing, a fascinating concept. I want to make it super simple and grounded, what it is. So last time I talked about how all emotion and feelings at their core are simply energy. Neuroses comes up, and then neurotic behavior we could say, when there is a blockage in the outward movement or motion of the energy. So if we were given really clear messages that certain emotions were not okay to feel in our families when we were young, we would suppress the feeling, suppress the energy. And if we do that for a long period of time, holding all of that suppression The suppression of the energy inside of us leads to neuroses. So if you deal with certain things in your life, I'll just put it that way, that you consider to be neurotic, one of the ways you can begin to move away from that, and it could take a little time, you want to be gentle and loving with yourself around this, is to start to get in touch with what you're really feeling. And that can take some time. Uh, Another episode that I did, Why Feeling is Healing, gives some excellent tips around that because what I talk about in that episode is how it's all coming from the inner wounded child in terms of, you know, we were told we couldn't feel certain things. We had certain traumatic things happen when we were young. And now that trauma is stuck in our bodies, So any different exercises that I've shared, and I've shared many different ones throughout all of the different episodes thus far, that help you to get in touch with what you're feeling, take care of your younger wounded inner child, and to let the energy move out, of course, is going to be very, very helpful. I was speaking to a client earlier today in a session, and he reminded me of something he learned from me probably about 13 years ago. And he said that it was a huge game changer for him. And he's just a wonderful client and human and has become a very good friend. And he's recommended my work to several other people that have worked with me in private sessions or come to one of my workshops. And he said a lot of times, this particular piece of information, when he shared it with those people, that's what made them want to work with me. So basically, in some cases, I'm not saying all cases, but in some cases and many cases, what depression really is, is anger without enthusiasm. Or another way to say this is anger without expression. So oftentimes when a client tells me that they're feeling depressed or when I'm feeling depressed, I will look inside or I will recommend that they look inside and see if possibly what's going on is that they're actually angry. Goodness gracious, so many of us were given such cockeyed messages around expressing anger when we were younger. We may have been in a family where anger was scary because if there was a drinking issue or a drug issue or any kind of compulsive behavior, gambling, whatever it may be, we saw people explode. And that scared us. So it might have given us a message that we're not going to express anger. And then also sometimes in some people's families and upbringing, there was this explosion, and there was also some form of violence. So that's such a fascinating message to get around it. For others, we unfortunately have gone on into our adult lives being just like that abusive parent or family member. And that so much of the time comes down to this interesting thing where basically what we resist... We repeat. So the next time you find yourself feeling depressed, it might be helpful to ask yourself, hmm, is there something I'm angry about right now that I'm not in touch with? The recognition that it is actually that is so incredibly helpful. Most of my clients, myself included, will find the depression lifts within 10 to 15 minutes after we identify what we're really angry about. Try it out. Very helpful. So the last thing I want to talk about today is something I was thinking a lot about earlier today. So much of the time, what we're doing, and this is mostly running unconsciously, is we are either choosing love or fear in any given moment. Another way we could say that is we are choosing to expand or contract or we are either amplifying who we really are or dampening who we really are. Really interesting to think about this. So I had this fascinating question download through me earlier today. And I feel like it's a new tool This oftentimes happens for me and now I have a new tool to put into the toolbox and to share with everyone. And it's a question. What is the next right action you can take to return to love? What is the next right action you can take to return to love? For more support, I wanted to mention to everyone this week that uh, on my website, there's a beautiful ebook that I wrote that's available. My website is www.michellecolt.com. Several of my clients that have purchased my ebook like to read just a couple pages of it every day. And they say that they find it very grounding, and it's just a way to touch back into my beautiful work. So here we are at the end of another episode. (laughs) Follow, rate, review, and share my episode if you found it helpful. Your reviews mean everything to me. And nothing makes me happier than having somebody let me know that they shared it with somebody who was dealing with something in their lives in that moment, and they knew that my episode that week would really help them. Until next time, you are enough just as you are. You always were enough. And you will always be enough.